she'll be listening. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, and it's my privilege to be your announcer on this, the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar. The acolytes are Vanson Minning and Drew Creed. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Judy Lady in memory of Herman and Adele Lady and dedicated to the glory of God. Okay, we have just a few announcements before we begin with our worship service this morning. First of all, last week we prayed for a young man and his family, uh, Garrett Spaulding. He was uh, involved in a very unfortunate gun accident. He passed away, uh, and his funeral service will be held tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the Fawcett and Mosher, Mosher? Um, Funeral Chapel, Mosher? Did I say that right? Okay. Uh, the, the, the Fawcett Mosher chapel, so if you would like to attend that, again, that's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Next, the Trinity Ringers are back at it, practicing uh, beginning on August the 9th at 5.30 p.m., August 9th at 5.30 for the Ringers. The Men's Glee are back at it as well. They begin August 9th, too, and they will practice at 6.30 after the Ringers practice. Uh, also, we invite you to join us every Sunday for Sunday School and Bible Class to begin at 8.45 the adult Bible class has been working through the Gospel of Matthew, having a really great um, time with that, and the Sunday school classes have been working through their curriculum as well, and I know that our children have been blessed because of it. And then finally, where is Amanda? Amanda Minning. There you are. You're way up there. Uh, Amanda, everybody turn around and look at Amanda. <laughs> Amanda is finished with her colloquy. She has passed it, and it's such a wonderful thing, yes. So, uh, as long as you still want to be the principal, uh, we are, are gonna call you as such in a voters meeting uh, soon, and so I know that her and her husband, Christopher, have been moving into the teacherage uh, over uh, here, and uh, everything is going with us, so can, Congratulations, and we're so very proud of you. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, that means, Mr. President, we're going to have to have a voters meeting about that soon. Good. Okay. Let's open our service today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again.
for calling each and every one of us here, uh, individually, collectively, uh, that we, Lord, as a body of Christ, we, Lord, that make up the individual parts of that body, Lord, that we would work in unison with you, for you, uh, and uh, Lord, we thank you that it is by your Holy Spirit that you have called each and every one of us here, not by chance, not by accident, but on purpose, Lord, uh, because you want us to hear your word spoken, poured out for us, uh, and Lord, we ask that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our opening hymn is At the Lamb's High Feast We Sing, verses 1 through 4, that's number 633, one through four. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God, our Father. Most merciful, Most merciful God, God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. 
So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O give thanks to the Lord. Call up on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. He spread a cloud for a covering. And the fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail. And he gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise. And Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy. His chosen ones with singing. Glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, Son and to and the Holy, to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning is, now, is now, and will be, will forever. be forever. Amen. Amen. O give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve your goodness, still you provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may acknowledge your gifts, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. This is the word of our Lord. At this time, it's uh, that time for all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Mr. Clyde Baker, and also bring your Mighty Mites with you as well. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Are any of you guys hungry right now? Yes, several heads nodding. No. Are you not hungry because you had breakfast already? Yeah. All right. That's good. Has there ever been a time when you've just been really hungry and you've wondered, are mom and dad ever going to get me some lunch? Yeah. Have you ever been on a trip? And that's the case, and you're thinking, it's lunch time, or it's supper time, and you just had lunch, and you're already ready for that? Yeah, I've got some guys in my house that oftentimes ask, what's for supper about 20 minutes after lunch has been eaten? What do you like to have for lunch? Cinnamon rolls? Me too, Miss Robin, did you hear that? <laughs> Bryn, or Keaton? Oh my, anything but sandwiches I'm hearing. Well, it sounds like you eat plenty of sandwiches. Well, I tell you what, 
in our Bible lesson today, in our gospel lesson, we're going to hear about Jesus, okay? And um, he was trying to go to a special place by himself where he could rest and recuperate. He'd gotten some sad news about his cousin, John the Baptist. Well, Jesus and his disciples tried to go and just get that rest that they were needing. But the crowds learned where Jesus was going, and they followed him. Well, Jesus loved all those people so much, just like he loves us, that he taught them and helped them learn about him and salvation and grace and his love to them. And then they, all of a sudden they decided, just like us, they were hungry. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, the people are getting very hungry. What are we going to do? And he said, well, feed them. Well, we don't have anything to feed them, they said. There wasn't a McDonald's restaurant nearby or anything like that. A little boy, probably a little guy about the same age of you, as you all, had a couple of fishes and five loaves of bread. Two fishes and five loaves of bread, exactly, perfect. What did Jesus do with that? Did he eat it by himself? No. What did he do? He fed the crowd, didn't he? He blessed it and gave thanks to God. They gave it to the crowd. And did you know there were leftovers? It was a miracle. God did a miracle, or Jesus did a miracle. How many baskets of leftovers did they pick up? Yes, ma'am. Twelve. One for each disciple, so each disciple could have a job and something to do after dinner. Right? What a miracle. Jesus loved those people, didn't he? He was tired. He was sad. And you'll hear about that from Pastor. But he took time to make sure they were fed and their bellies were filled. He also took time to make sure they were fed with news and with information about him. Have you ever heard Jesus called the bread of life? You're going to hear that. Yeah, that's another term for Jesus. He's the bread of life. You know, when I think about that, oftentimes, like if I have to miss church for a reason, I really want to go the next Sunday. Have you ever felt that way before? Maybe you haven't had to miss church too much, and that's wonderful. If you ever do, and you really feel like, I want to go to church next Sunday, that's you being hungry for Jesus, which is a little bit different than being hungry in your stomach, right? Holy Communion. The adults in our church get to take Holy Communion, and one of the parts of that is bread. And that bread is Jesus' body, and that helps us recover from that hunger for Jesus and his love and the forgiveness of sins that he gives us, right? One last thing, and this I want you to really listen for later in church today. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gave us a piece of advice about bread. He said that you should pray that God give you this day our daily bread so that we can all go home and have a good lunch today. We want him to give us that bread, and we also want him to give us his love, don't we? that bread of life. Let's say a quick prayer, and then we'll go back to our seats. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving the people that you were with that day with your disciples and making sure that they had food to fill their bellies 
but even more importantly, food to fill their minds and their souls with faith in you through your love and grace. We pray that you would help us all to have good food to fill our stomachs too, but help us to remember to pray for the good food, again, of faith in you that you and the Holy Spirit give us every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. The next thing will be the epistle lesson with Pastor. The epistle lesson for this morning is taken from Romans, the ninth chapter. The Apostle Paul writes this, I am speaking the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, for kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the death of John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. When the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who, and those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is number 774 in the Lutheran service book, Feed Thy Children God Most Holy.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the gospel lesson that was just read, the feeding of the 5,000. You want to have that in front of you because there will be certain points in the sermon coming up that we will be referring to it as we go along. In the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus, the Israelites are once again grumbling and they're unhappy. And this time what they are unhappy about is the fact that they are again out in this wilderness that they have been in. They are pretty miserable. And this time they don't have any water. There's no water to drink. And so the people then begin to grumble against Moses. And of course, if you can sort of imagine Moses' mindset at this point, he's got to be like, you've got to be kidding me. Again? This is happening again. So the people grumble against Moses, and then Moses does the only thing that he knows how to do, and that is he goes to God. And he says, God, these, these people of yours are really angry, and they're really upset. So what exactly do you want me to do now? And so God says, well, Moses, what you're going to do is you're going to take the, your staff, the same staff for which you struck the Nile with, and then it turned to blood. You're going to take that same staff, and this time you're going to strike a rock. And from that rock will flow out water for the people to drink. So Moses does that. He strikes the rock with his staff. The water comes out, and the people drink and are satisfied, and they live and they survive. In the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells a parable about a shepherd. A shepherd who has a hundred sheep, and he loses one of them. He loses one sheep. And so what the shepherd does is he leaves the 99 behind, and he goes after the one sheep, and the sheep is in the wilderness. And the shepherd, of course, finds this one lost sheep. And he is so happy upon finding the sheep that, that he throws the sheep upon his back and is rejoicing the whole way home because he has found this one lost sheep of his 100 sheep that he has. And he's telling all of his friends, please rejoice with me. This is, this is a wonderful day for I have found this lost sheep and it has come back into my fold. The wilderness is a place that if you were to examine the Bible closely, you will find that the wilderness is a place where several important things happen. And one of those really important things to have happened is the feeding of the 5,000, which, which is our text for today. Let's not forget what the wilderness is like. It's desolate. There's very little to anything there. There's little to no food. There's little to no water. There's little to no people for which to socialize with. There's nothing there. How many of you have ever been in the wilderness before? Okay. There's not a whole lot there. If for some reason, if you happen to be dropped off there and you had nothing but the clothes on your back for which to survive with, well, the chances of survival will be pretty small. And you probably wouldn't make it out alive. 
It is this, it is a wilderness, it is a place of desolation that Jesus performs perhaps his most famous of miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus has heard that his cousin John the Baptist has been killed. And so in order to recover from that, probably to grieve, to pray, he retreats to a place of isolation. The gospel, as you see it there, calls it a desolate place. Again, where there's probably little to no food, little to no water, and little to no people there. And the crowds that have begun, that have begun to follow him, they, they don't want to lose sight of him. And so they continue to follow him to this desolate place. And Matthew records how Jesus sees this. And instead, I think if it was me or if it was you, if you just wanted to be alone and then all these people come following you, you'd probably be like, go away. Don't bother me. But no. Matthew records that, that Jesus sees the crowds and he has compassion upon them. And so the disciples, they come up to him and say, and say Jesus, please, please send the crowds away because, you know, there, there's nothing here to eat. It's supper time, and they need, to, they need to start making their way back to the towns so that they can actually go and get something to eat. And notice Jesus says two things. Number one, they don't need to go back into town. And number two, he says to them, you feed them. And the disciples, incredulous, say, well, we, we've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. And with that, of course, we know Jesus blesses that meal. And right before their very eyes, over 5,000 people are fed. Re remember that very last part of this, of this text. It was 5,000 men, not including women and children. Some scholars estimate that it was up to like 15,000 people. That's a lot. Remember, too, that at the end of this text, that there are 12 basketfuls of food left over after the people have eaten and are satisfied. Remember that because we're going to be coming back to it. This is one of those texts that a pastor could really, or a Bible study teacher could really go any number of different directions with. There's lots in this text that we could talk about. So instead of keeping you all here for about two hours, I'm only going to concentrate on one of them. What struck me the most as I was reading this text is the fact that Jesus performs this miracle in a, in a place of desolation, in wilderness. Again, there's, there's hardly anything there. If you were dropped off, by yourself and only had the clothes on your back for which to live, you probably wouldn't live. And yet it is in a place like this that Jesus performs this miracle of feeding people who need food and people who are hungry. And it got me to thinking about our own lives and how we have hours, days, months, years, weeks of wilderness in our own lives. Perhaps you have, or either are right now, or have at one time, felt just sort of you were just going through this life and you were just sort of aimlessly wandering. Perhaps you have had job loss. Perhaps there has been a loved one that, has, that 
uh, that was close to you, perhaps a spouse or somebody else that was close to you that has either died and is not there with you anymore, or that it is the result of a broken relationship and they're just not in your life anymore. And you know that and you feel it because your life feels empty without them. Perhaps you are in a moment in your life or have been in a moment in your life for which you felt, you know, does God even care? Is he even, is he even watching? Perhaps you've even thought something like this to yourself, well, does God even have a plan or a purpose for my life? What is God's plan? What is God's purpose for my life? Because all I'm doing right now is just wandering around aimlessly, without purpose, without direction, without any sense that I really have any idea that I know where I'm going. Certainly not that God has any idea that he knows where I am going. And in this place of wilderness, these times of wilderness, desolation, isolation that we find ourselves in, Everywhere that you look, it reminds you of it. The bills begin to pile up. And you think, there's no way that we're going to be able to pay these bills. I, don't, I either don't have a job for which to pay them, or I don't make enough money for which to pay these bills that I have. And you get depressed about that, you get sad, and you get anxious, and before you know it, you're in that place of desolation and, uh, and isolation. Perhaps everywhere that you look since the passing of a loved one or since a loved one is no longer in your life, perhaps everywhere that you look is a reminder of them. There's something that, that you see. There's something that you hear, a conversation that you have, something that somebody mentions. And it seems like every day there is something there that reminds you of that person. And all that it does is it reminds you of the emptiness that you have in your life. Perhaps, too, you are in this moment of wilderness in your life, and your soul is parched. Does God have, have a plan for me? Does he have a purpose? Does he even care that I don't have a job anymore? Does he even care that my loved one is not here? Does he even care that I'm going through the worst possible point in my life up until now. Does he even care? Perhaps you don't fall into any of those categories at this moment, but I can assure you that this next one you will fall in because all of us do. The Bible talks about how before Christ came, it uses a very specific word, well, two very specific words. It says that we were alienated from God, separated from him, and we were enemies of God. And the reason why we were alienated, the reason why we were enemies of God is because of the sin that we were born with, all of that sin that all of us uh, uh, um, were and are affected with. Because you see, God has no, God has no time for sin. He hates it. He, does, he wants absolutely nothing to do with sin. Our holy God, set apart God, wants nothing to do with sin. And so we were aliens from God, and we were isolated 
from him. And then something happened. Water from the rock came. And your shepherd walked into the wilderness that you found yourself in. And he found you. And he picked you up, and he threw you on his shoulders, and he said to you, you know what? As I promised you, you're not in this alone. I am with you. And I will see you through this until the end. I promise to feed you. I promise to nourish you. I promise to give you everything that you need to see you through this time of worldliness and isolation and desolation that you find yourself in. And this is what is, I think, one of the most amazing things about the God that, that we serve, the God that loves us so incredibly much and immeasurable amount. You know, sometimes we, um, whenever people are going through a difficult time or something like that, we've all said this or something like this, if there's anything that I can do, if there is something that we can do for you, please let us know. And 80% of the time, we kind of hope that they don't because we don't want to be bothered by it. That's what we do. But this is what God does. He says to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Right after his crucifixion, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then he put actions behind those words. Not only was he crucified, not only did he become that which God hates for us, but then he makes that promise. Again, he says, I, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And sometimes we may wonder what that looks like. I'll give you a hint. Look, look up there to the right. All that stuff that's underneath the white cloth, that's how he's here. That's how he promises to be with us to the very end of the age. His death poured out for all, poured out for you, poured out for me, for the forgiveness of our sins. This is how God goes that one step beyond anything that we as humans can do. Remember, I asked you to remember this. Remember, at the very end, Jesus begins with five loaves of bread and two fish. He feeds everybody until, as your text says, I think it says that they were satisfied. There were 12 basketfuls of food left over. You know what that tells me and what that should tell us? Is that not only does he feed us, not only does he promise to feed us, not only does he promise to nourish us, but he promises to do this in excess, more than what we think is even possible, more than what we think is even imaginable. He promises that. In the wilderness moments of our lives, he promises not only to be with us, but he shows it to us through his body and through his blood that is poured out for us. So when you partake of that bread and when you drink of that wine, you are drinking and eating the promise of God. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Jesus found you in that wilderness, went into the wilderness that you found yourself in with you, put you upon his back, carried you out, and said, 
it doesn't stop here. Because I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be with you to the very end of the age. And I promise to give you, of myself, I promise to give you more than you can ever think is imaginable. And more than you can even think is possible. So when your bills keep piling up, and you're feeling spiritually parched, or perhaps you're missing your loved one, or whatever the case might be, remember that he promises and that he has put action behind that promise of being with you always. Not just part of the time, not just some of the time, not just when times are good, because everybody's happy when times are good. Woohoo! But all of the time, in the good times, in the in-between times, and in the bad times, he promises to be with you, giving you in excess of more than anything that you or I can possibly imagine. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we thank you for this miracle that you have performed. We thank you, Lord, for the miracle that you have performed in our own lives, giving us in excess of more than anything that we can think is possible or think is imaginable. We thank you, Lord, that, it, that you put action behind your words, that you were crucified, that you walked to the cross under your own will to be crucified, and to die, and to go into that place that nobody ever comes back from, to descend into hell and be raised again three days later, again proving to us that in our that in the moments of our lives we feel desolate and isolated and in the wilderness, that you promise and have continued to provide for us in body and in soul through your very body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. At this time, we will say together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence you will come to judge the living of the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to uh, find the red sign-in pad that is on the inside aisles of the pews. Please fill that out. Send it along to the window. Window, send it back to the aisle, and then the aisle, please tear off the, the top sheet so that the elders can pick it up after worship. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing of the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. 
In celebration of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, t-shirts like the students and faculty wear to school activities are being offered to our church family so they may celebrate the Reformation anniversary. Orders are due August by August 16th. Contact the church office for further information. Some back to school news. Early childhood students only have scheduled a play date for August 8th at 10 a.m. Our back to school bash for everybody is scheduled for August 7th. Trinity's children, Sunday school and adult Bible classes meet at 8.45 each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. on Wednesday mornings in the chapel. Several ladies Bible study groups meet during the week. For more information, contact the church office at 235-7300. Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Today's message on the Lutheran Hour is on thee, the high and lowly, based on Exodus chapter 20, verse 10. For times and locations near you, visit lutheranhour.org or contact the church office. We now return to the congregational service. prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Elmer Kaiser, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Andy Morgan. Also prayers for the family of Rosa Marie Griman, uh, who passed away on July the 31st. Also prayers for the family of Garrett Spaulding, who died from an accidental shooting last week. Also, uh, as we celebrate a birthday coming up, Ella Kleibaker will celebrate 95 years of life on August the 11th. So we'll give thanks to God for her as well. And so we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we acknowledge you, that whether we are going through wilderness moments or periods of time in our lives, places of desolation and of isolation, 
Well, Lord, whether we are going through times where uh, our, our lives are happy and we, there, there is much joy, we thank you, Lord, that no matter what the time is, you have promised to be with us, that you have promised to, to feed us, that you have promised to feed us both in body and in soul through your body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Help us, Lord, to let others know of this so that they can know the same love, the consolation of your love that we know. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we pray for the nation that we live in, for the world that we live in. We pray, Lord, that where there is unrest, that there will be peace. Where there is hunger, Lord, that you would feed. And Lord, where there is need, we, we pray that you would fulfill that need according to your good and gracious will. We pray for all of our leaders, both at the, uh, at the national and at the state level. We pray, Lord, that you would give us wise and God-fearing leaders. Leaders, Lord, that would, that, would, that, would, that would put you and your people above all else and all of the decisions that they make. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for all of those folks that we know who do not yet know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, uh, all of us know people who do not yet know of your wondrous love for them. And so, Lord, we take a moment to pray for those people now in the silence of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray especially, too, for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray, Lord, especially for all those who are on our help list, for the family of Rosa, Marie, Lord, that you would comfort them during this time. Lord, also for the family of Gary, we pray that you would comfort them, too, during this very difficult time. Lord, may you bring to them the consolation of your love. Send to them, Lord, an extra measure of your Holy Spirit so that they, Lord, will rely on you during this time. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Lord, we give you thanks especially for Ella, who will be celebrating 95 years of life coming up on August 11th. We thank you, Lord, for these years that you have given to her. Continue to watch over her, Lord. Guard and protect her in all things. Lord, that, that this next year of, of life that you will have given to, to her, Lord, that, uh, that she too would always know the consolation of your love and your peace and comfort that you give to her. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we finally give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We give you, th we give you thanks, Lord, that it is in with another the bread and the wine, that we receive your forgiveness, that we receive your redemption. Lord, that we receive the, the promise that you will never leave us and that you are with us always to the very end of the age. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, also, uh, we give you thanks that Amanda, our principal, has finished and has completed her colloquy process. We thank you, Lord, for the determination uh, and the endurance that you have given to her, and we pray that, uh, that you would continue to bless her um, now, that, now that she has finished this, uh, that you would continue to 
Um, have her be a blessing to our church, a blessing to our school. Um, and we give you thanks, Lord, for her. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to Deliver us from the sins, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns is number 629 in the Lutheran service book, What is This Bread?
our next distribution hymn is number 642 in the Lutheran service book. O living bread from heaven.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn is the final four verses of, of uh, number 633 in the Lutheran service book. At the Lamb's high feast we sing. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to Thank you, you in all things. Thank you very much to all of you for being here today as we worshiped together, as we have received His Word, as we have received His sacrament and those wonderful gifts for us. I look forward to seeing everybody next Sunday, and I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week in the Lord.